thank the Lord for uh, what God is doing, not only right here on Lake St. John. We are thankful for each and every person that is here under the sound of not only David's voice, but mine as well this morning. We're thankful for what they're doing all around the world. It's, uh, it's taking place here in the United States. It's amazing to me how uh, the United States has been one of the leading, if not the leading, supplier of scriptures around the world for so long. And now we ourselves have become in need uh, of somebody passing out scriptures and Bibles here in our own country. Uh, we have need of missionaries coming. There are missionaries coming from other nations and other countries here to America uh, to pass out the Word of God. Uh, God have mercy uh, on us for having fallen from such a high and lofty uh, place uh, to such a low degree in such a short period of time. But if you have your Bibles, uh, I'm not going to keep you real long. I'll preach fast. I've got a 45-minute message, and I'm going to preach it in about 20 minutes. So I'm going to preach fast. You listen fast, amen. Just don't listen faster than I preach. I don't want you to finish before I do. But uh, we're going to be looking at that verse that you mentioned, brother. I know that that is the standard Gideon verse, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. But there's, a, there's another one that I would like you to think about while you're looking that up, and I'm just going to, to quote it for you. Uh, John chapter 5 and verse 39 and 40, it says this, For you search the Scriptures, search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. But no, they are they which speak of Me, and you'll not receive Me that you might have life. Now, how great is the difference or the differentiation between Christ and His Word? Well, I would say none. Jesus Christ is the living Word, and this is the written Word. But the written Word is the very plenary inspiration, the verbal inspiration of God's purpose and plan and will for your life. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. I want you to know something, that the Word of God does not save you. God, the God of the Word, saves you. But it's the illumination that the Word of God brings to our lives. He turns a light on by the washing and regeneration of the water of the Word of God, is what it says. That when we pick up the Word of God or we pass out the Word of God to little Mexican kids sitting on the side of the street down in Mexico or whether they're in Walmart here in the United States or whether they're some way halfway across the world. When the Word of God, you said you picked up that little white Bible and said you put it into the person's hand and then the Holy Spirit of God takes over. And we understand that that is the truth. God doesn't need me. He chose by the foolishness of preaching. Isn't that a, an amazing statement? That God calls what I do as a minister foolishness. Because it's foolishness because He doesn't really need me to get the job done. All He needs is His Word. And as long as the Word is being passed out and spread across the world then people pick up the Word of God, open it, black ink on white paper, sometimes red ink on white paper, and people read it and it, it influences their mind. I beseech thee therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know or that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, what is it that renews the mind? It's the washing of the water of the Word of God by the Holy Spirit of God that conforms us to the image and the likeness of God. So how imperative is it that we get the Word of God out to a lost and dying world? Well, it's, it's, it's more important than me standing behind this pulpit. Of course, God has called me. God has ordained and purposed that ministers, pastors, teachers of the Word of God. But my friend, it is the Word of God itself that is the power. It's the dunamis. It's the dynamite that illuminates, that regenerates, that wakes up, that draws and saves People, we mentioned this morning that it's not the plan of salvation, not the bridge that God built. He didn't, he didn't purchase a bridge. He purchased a people. And we find those people by pouring the Word of God into their mind and regeneration, illumination taking place in their hearts. God wakes them up and draws them to Himself. So, search the Scripture all you want to. Because in them is where God is found. People tell me all the time, I found God. Really? Where was He? Well, I found Him in prison. Ooh, I didn't know He was in prison. Uh, well, they did. Did they imprison Jesus? They did Paul and some of the others. But uh, my friend, you don't find Jesus. Jesus finds you. Search the Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which speak of Me. So you find Christ in the Word of God. You don't find Him in prison. You don't find Him in the world. You don't find Him out there in the malls or in the highways and byways. You find Him wherever it is that you set down with the Word of God and pour the Word of God into your heart and into your mind. Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which speak of Me. Speaking of Christ. You'll not receive me that you might have life. My friend, the only way that anybody comes into an intimate love relationship with Christ is through His Word. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word uh, be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void unto me. Really? Is that true? That the Word of God, no matter who you say it to, who you preach it to, that ultimately the Word of God does not return to God Void. Well, what does void mean? That means that it has not accomplished what He sent it forth to do. Because that's what the last part of that verse says. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void or without purpose, because it shall accomplish that which I purpose or please for it to accomplish. And it shall prosper in the thing that I send it to. Here's one promise from God. You tell somebody what the Word of God says. You purchase Gideon Bibles and have the Gideons send them to your home or to your family who has lost a loved one. You can be guaranteed from God that the purpose God has sent that Word into their hands, into their minds, into their hearts. It will be accomplished. You say, wait a minute now. I've had some family members in my family for a long time that have heard the Word of God over and over and over and over. They rejected Christ at every turn. 
They've never bent the knee and bowed the head and surrendered their hearts and lives. As a matter of fact, I know some of them that have been presented the Word of God so many times that, you know, and, and even been baptized. I, I know some that were baptized three, four, five times. Even the tadpoles know their social security number. But they don't, they, they don't know Christ. They didn't get saved. What happens to this verse when people hear the Word of God, do not come to Christ, and ultimately die and wind up in a place called hell? Did the Word of God accomplish what God sent it forth to do? Yes. Yes. It never, ever returns to God void. It always accomplishes in a person's heart and mind, in their life, exactly what God sends it to do. Do you know that the Bible says that, where, where is that? In Jeremiah, it says that the Word of God is like a fire and like a hammer. And you say, really, how is that? Well, it's like a hammer that it, it breaks and destroys. People think that they violate the Word of God, that they break the Word of God. They break the Ten Commandments. My friend, you can never break the Word of God. The Word of God will break you every time. You can violate the Word of God. But you cannot break it. It is unbreakable. But my friend, it will dash you to pieces. The more you reject and overlook and, and turn away from the Word of God, the more broken your life becomes. And ultimately, the more broken you become for eternity. It says that the Word of God is like a hammer and that it's like a fire. Well, we know it's like a hammer that, that crushes, that breaks, that, that destroys. But how is it like, like a fire? Well, the sun is a big ball of fire. How does, how does that affect the world that is underneath it? Oh, I know that it hardens the clay and the hammer can break the clay. But it also melts the snow. And the same Word of God, like a fire, can melt one heart and harden the next. And it accomplishes exactly what God purposed for it to do in each heart, in each life. And thereby, God gets the glory. And you know this, that the one whom the Holy Spirit of God melts their heart, illuminates their mind, regenerates and draws them to Himself. God gets glory for being gracious and merciful to that person and thereby God's will and purpose and plan is accomplished. What is His will and purpose and plan other than that He might be glorified by His Word? It's not about you and it's not about me. It's all about Him. It's about the glory and honor of God. Well, what about the one that the hammer has to crush? That the, the sun hardens like clay and ultimately they're broken and they're destroyed and they're cast away. There are vessels fitted unto honor. There are vessels that are fitted unto destruction. Are you telling me that God gets glory from that? Absolutely. He is glorified by being just to those who rebel and reject Him. Reject His Word and turn their hearts away hardened from Jesus Christ, will not have this man to rule over us, is what they scream. And what is it that they deserve other than a hardened heart? God hardens hearts that are already hardened against Him. I remember where the Bible says of Joseph, where his brothers sent him into slavery, sold him into slavery. And, and they finally found out who he was when they came to buy corn and grain during the drought. His Father sent them and they come and he recognized them, but he looked like a like an Egyptian and they didn't recognize him. So he sent them back to get his father and his brother Benjamin and all of these things. But finally, he revealed himself to him. 
They were scared to death of the wrath and the vengeance that might come upon them because of their, their sin towards Him. He says, oh no, 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 no. You don't understand. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. He's going to save many people by me being here. And all of this grain that you're taking back is going to be a supply for God's people back home that they would not have had had I not been sent into Egypt. And the same is true about Jesus Christ being sent not into Egypt, but into the world that He might save so many people from perishing in the future. Does He save everybody? No. But the amazing thing is that He saves anybody. We all deserve justice. None deserve grace. God sent His Son graciously and mercifully to die in our stead, to take our place. That is the gospel. You see, it's not just the babe of Bethlehem, the baby of Christmas. It's not just the resurrection of Easter, but it's the lifelong price that He paid to live a sinless, perfect life for our sin that those for whom He died might be saved. That we might receive the blessing of God and not receive justice, but receive grace and mercy. Who are they? I don't know. God told me to preach the gospel to every creature under heaven. Amen. I see a lot of creatures in here. There are a lot of creatures all over the globe that need the Word of God. And we, as just a small group of people sitting here on the side of a lake, have the opportunity to help an organization like these Gideons to, to just help them purchase and print Bibles. We can't go. You can't go. You're not going to go. There are, there are missionaries that go all around the world. There are Gideons that send the Word of God all around the world. And we have an opportunity to be a part of that. God has given us grace. God uses us for His glory and His honor. There are a lot of things in here that I really wanted to talk about. How God's Word has an effect in the believer's life. How God's Word has an effect in, in the lost person's life. Not only to, to convert them to believers and to illuminate, regenerate, wake up and save, but also to, to gain justice from them. Rejecting Him. My friend, we understand that what 1 Peter in verse 1 and 23 says this, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. You see, I may get it wrong because I'm human and I'm fallible. Sometimes I don't see things the way that I ought to. I don't preach and teach the things today that I taught in preached 25 years ago because progressive illumination and I've seen where I was wrong back then and I've had to go back and you know confess I was wrong my friend one thing that is never wrong is this book people say yeah but you see no nobody really understands nobody really knows the the Bible the way they should. Nobody can really claim to have correct doctrine and understanding, illumination and light of the Word of God. And I say, oh, contrary, it may, may take us a long time to assimilate the Word of God. 
into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives. But that's why the Bible says to study thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. We can know the word of God and we can rightly divide the word of God. But my friend, it takes study. It takes effort. I had a, had a debate with a guy just three days ago that says, oh, you people, y'all don't know what you're talking about. You, you don't know the Word of God. You think you have the correct interpretation, but what is it that makes you feel like you're right? Everybody else is wrong. What do you say to that other than the Bible says that it is the Holy Spirit of God that illuminates that is, turns the light on and gives you the understanding of His Word. Do I have every doctrine correct in this book? No. Do I understand what it takes for a man to go to heaven? Yes. And you see, that's the most important doctrine in the Bible. Is what does it take for a person to be forgiven of his sin? What does it take for a man, woman, boy, or girl to be saved? It's simply grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It, salvation, for by grace are you saved. Salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which this man is doing. See, he goes around asking people to join. Come, join together. Help us. Help others know the God that you know. What else have you got to do? What else is more important than that? Raising a family? Making a living? Putting a roof over your head or food in your belly? None of those things are more important than sharing the Word of God. I've told you before and believe it to be true that I have the greatest calling, the greatest job, if you will, on the face of the earth, God has called me to be a preacher and a teacher of His Word. And there's nothing more important than that. There's not the presidency of the United States or the King of England. Nobody on the planet has a higher calling than people who are called to preach and to teach the Word of God. You're being given that opportunity this morning to share the Word of God with a lost and dying world. I'm going to have Brother David back at the back with me. We're going to get him to hold a plate or a, a Bible or something. Maybe his, uh, there you go, Bible. You have a check, write it out. Big or as little as you can. It doesn't matter. That's up to you and God. But you take this opportunity to be used by God into people's lives. To press, to press the Word of God into their hearts and into their minds. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. God, we thank you for this opportunity, not only to be here in your house this morning, God, to hear your word preached and to understand the calling that we have, to realize that your word will never ever return void, but that it always accomplishes your purpose and your will in every heart, in every life that it is, is mentioned or spoken to. God, we also understand that it is the Word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword that divides asunder both soul and spirit 
and is a discerner between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God, it is you and you alone that can can peel a man right down to the core, right down to the very center of his being and expose him to himself. God, that he might be saved, not only from sin, not only from your wrath to come, but God, from his, his self. God, we give you the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah.